Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. And I'm Mike Wade. Mike, it's been five or six months now since our last uh, little soiree on the podcast. Funny, it feels just like yesterday. It does feel like yesterday. <laughs> or actually, actually it doesn't. It feels like a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a few gray hairs later. <clears throat> indeed, indeed. Um, yeah, so we've been, things have been a little crazy in the shop, and uh, Mike and I have had a hard time finding time to, to get together and, and just sit down and talk for a little bit. But with the summer coming to an end and a bunch of big projects behind us, it'll be nice. We can uh, hang out for a little bit and and reflect. Reflect on our <laughs> life choices. <laughs> think about what we've done <laughs> yeah um yeah and i i was telling mike before before we got started that uh just recently i bought a a fantastic bottle of bourbon that is has coffee with it which are like two of my favorite things well, it's gonna do nothing but help our podcast it's gonna be excellent for the podcast <laughs> i tell you <laughs> the only sadness is that we can't share it together right now um there will be another time. I don't know. This uh, ball going <laughs> quick. Um, and I don't think I'm going to buy a second one. This is dangerous. Uh, anyhow, joking aside, we were going to touch on when last we spoke, or one of the last times we talked, we were <laughs> having trouble with encoder links on the Stagehand Pro. Oof. Yes, we were. Well, we weren't, but other people were. <laughs> right. Well, we were once we tried it, too. <laughs> once we tried it, yeah. We're like, no, 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 it'll be fine. It'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. Oh, oh. yeah. yeah. Yep. Well, just to, just to wrap up, back, come back to it, we we thought, you know, we had no problems getting more than 150 feet worth of uh, the signal cable out of the Stagehand Pro. And then, lo and behold, after after some shenanigans and FedExing and uh we plugged a bunch of cable in together and we learned uh, we learned that we didn't actually get any encoder data signal back from uh, somewhere between 150 and 175 feet. <laughs> just right. shunk. Yep, just <laughs> fell right off the map at that yep. point. Yeah. See you later. Uh, yeah. And uh, and uh, but after uh, after we had a couple we had a little bit of time to do a little bit of digging and research and figure out what we could do to to solve that because that that is you know was not something we were prepared really to deal with because the classics for anybody who does know or has tried this before I mean we get 300 feet on the on the encoder signal there without without really blinking an eye uh and uh and through you know through a little bit of <clears throat> through a little bit of looking and dealing we we figured out that we could bump up our um we could safely bump up the the encoder voltage from five volts to five point five, I think is the total, or five point four nine or something. Five point five, which is right at the yeah. you know, the, the basically the the maximum operating voltage for these uh for, for five volt encoders. It's, right. Um but with that cable with any amount of cable in there you start to get a little bit of voltage drop and or, and uh yeah. And so how far did we how far can we go now, Mike? Uh I think oh correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we I think we tested it to three hundred feet, right? Or did yeah. we test it to two fifty? Three three hundred. Yeah. Yeah, three hundred. And we actually got we got it to continue working up to three fifty, but 
at that point, the measured voltage is yeah. actually it is working, but dropping below manufacturer's spec <laughs> of right. encoder voltage, it's so not recommended. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 300 is way better than 150. It's almost I don't know. Let me run the numbers. Uh, I'm going to say double that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, twice as good. So yeah, yeah. So, so that's good. a. Yeah, and so that changed, you know, we we popped that through the shop floor, but uh, but that's also anybody who's got a who's got a stagehand pro who's looking for running longer than 150 feet on a signal cable. That's something that can be can be taken care of uh, in the field. Yeah, which is good. That's good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm really glad that we actually finally <clears throat> had the time to uh, to address it and figure out how to solve it, and we're able to we're able to actually affect the change to it yeah and do something that's a it's a very low impact change i mean anyone like you said anyone who yeah. has a stagehand pro already uh on the there's an, a separate power supply just for the encoders inside those uh stagehand pros it's a little omron uh power supply and there's a little um adjustment uh <laughs> pot adjust here for longer length <laughs> exactly exactly and you can uh, just tweak the voltage up on yeah. there so. with a meter with a meter <laughs> with a meter indeed 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 uh, so that's good stuff yeah so way back in march i guess right march end of march beginning of april something like that um actually i could probably pull this up um we got a a request uh, that came in, yeah, March 27th. Sorry, I just looked at looked it up in my email. Uh, got a request on March 27th. Hey, that um, was like right when we recorded the last podcast. <laughs> it is, and the, the timing will not be. <laughs> the timing will become obvious as to why that was the last podcast as we get into the <laughs> the series of events after that. So on March 27th, we got a uh, a web request, like just something came in over the wire saying, "Hey." Um, any chance you guys could help me out with a quick turn um, show? Actually, I say it can't, maybe it wasn't a web request. They might have just called Pete. Um, and uh, the scenario was there's a TV show uh, called Sing China, which is a spitting image of the voice. Um, but two years ago, they stopped licensing the voice and just made their own show called sing china uh they could you know obviously broadcast in china uh, it's a singing competition same format as the voice um but the judges chairs in this tv show uh during the blind auditions rather than having the judges on turntables and then you hit they hit the button and spin around in this show the judges are on incline ramps um that are to, and on little platforms with the chairs the chairs are those chair platforms are attached to winches and in front of the chairs is a masking wall that's also an led screen and uh, when they hit the button the chair starts moving and the led screen starts moving up and then the chair zooms down the ramp really fast uh, and then the led screen closes up uh, behind them after they're clear um so all this is very cool right and the yeah, super cool yeah and the the company was called secret that had done the mechanics uh the year previous um 
and they had built some they'd built the hoists for the LED walls they had purchased the winches for the chairs from another manufacturer and they had used navigator um, to do the controls um, which all worked swimmingly well uh, but the Chinese production company didn't want to have to rent the navigator license this time they wanted to own the controls and yeah, yeah and so another a competitor of ours was lined up to do that for them right up until the last second and then they backed out of the job <laughs> so then this guy this poor guy that was yeah. that was bound and determined to do the job was stuck like without a control system um yeah like three weeks before it had to ship and so he called and said hey could you guys do this yeah, I have this little thing. I have this little thing. <laughs> I, have this, I have this little thing. It's eight axes. It's for a bunch of machines you've never seen or worked with. Right. We're going to have to go install it in China. Yeah. And there's a whole bunch of safety concerns, obviously, <laughs> wrapped right. up in this. And, and, and they were all a 10 horse, right? Or <laughs> So the, the hoists lifting the LED walls were 10 horse. And then he just wanted – the other ones were – the chair winches were five horse, but we wanted to put yeah. 10 horsepower drives on them. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, we made, what, like two 10 horse drives, <laughs> four 10 horse drives, something like that so, before this? <laughs> yeah, something like that. I mean, certainly in the in yeah, the single digits. Yeah. 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 I mean, less than 10, right? Because yeah. most of our stuff is five horsepower. That's definitely our <laughs> bread and butter. Yeah. For anybody who hasn't seen these 10-horse drives, imagine a five-horse stagehand, but twice as fat. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's, and, a, uh, it's a double-wide. Yeah. It's a double-wide, yeah. Yeah, the only bonus to those 10-horse powers is that you can actually get both your hands inside it to do some work. <laughs> yeah, and your head. And, and your head, yeah. It's, like, it's kind of like you know owning a Chevy from the 80s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can keep your lunch in there. It's nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Heat up your eggs on the drive, on the brake resistor. <laughs> on the brake resistor, yeah, mm -hmm. exactly. Brake resistor cookout. <laughs> um, yeah, so we, of course, were like, hell yeah, we're game. <laughs> like, sure. We weren't doing anything for the next three weeks anyway. Uh, uh, let's, nothing. Let's, 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 let's do it. Um, <laughs> but I guess the out of the gate, at least, our biggest concern was the safety stuff because, obviously, we've got these chairs yeah. on ramps. Uh, that are getting shot through the opening of the LED walls. Right. And we got to make sure that, well, like, what are the safety conditions, right? Like, got to right. make sure that the chair can't go forward far enough that it actually contacts the wall when the wall is right. down. In reverse, yeah. you got to make sure it can't go in reverse far enough to contact the wall if the wall is down. And then if the chair is underneath the wall, the wall can't come down. Yeah. Some pretty serious stuff going on. Some pretty serious stuff going on. And in, you know, in Navigator, there's some pretty nice, um, there's a rules engine that you can uh, do those kind of interlocks uh, through software, which is pretty sweet. We do not have such sweetness in our system. <laughs> so we are, uh, we got to do that stuff with hardware. Bound like, by hardware, yeah. Yeah. So we had mm -hmm. a, we, we did actually, the machines all had enough limit switches on there to detect those various positions. Yeah. Which was which was good. Which was totally <laughs> trouble. Good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. But the um, 
one of the problems well but then you it was just enough logic in there that like doing doing all, all of that logic um was going to require some like relay switches and well some ladder well like ladderish logic right like just some right. good old-fashioned relay logic but a fair amount of it um yeah what can go wrong there <laughs> right <laughs> And so I got this bee in my bonnet that I didn't want to do that as like discreetly wired relays, you know, in a box because with the time as tight as it was to get all this stuff produced, um, I had this vision of us like pulling our hair out, trying to wire up these interlock boxes and getting some yeah. relay logic wrong and not, you know, coil A is not being fired when coil B contacts blah 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 blah. (laughs) so we designed up some custom circuit boards that put all the relay logic um on circuit boards so we could just as long as the circuit board was right (laughs) right (laughs) then no stress there (laughs) exactly (laughs) as long as that as long as that custom circuit board that you designed in a day is right and then shoot off right um it's cool then the eight of them (laughs) no big deal (laughs) At least there won't be time to fix it if it's wrong. Um, <clears throat> Can fall back on ladder logic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so we we designed those up, and actually they worked out. They worked out really nice. They we did yeah. in fact. We were able to put all the all the chips and stuff went on the boards and everything. All the ladder logic worked out. You know, the hardware logic worked out, and um, and and that was good. So. That was that was the first kind of hurdle that we took that <laughs> that we cleared without without too much incident. Um, yeah. But then, like I don't know, maybe a couple of days before we were gonna we were bound to ship, um, it dawned on us that you know Spike Mark. So Spike Mark really expects you. It doesn't force you to like work in sequential flow in the show but it is kind of then everything assumes that you are running a show top to bottom top to bottom yeah yeah (laughs) and what we were going to be doing was not that at all right like we're going to basically program a bunch of subroutines if you were i mean there there is no like subroutine function but i mean we're basically structuring the queue stack as if it's a bunch of subroutines for like chair one to do its thing chair two to do its thing chair three to do its thing chair four to do its thing and they all do their thing whenever you hit the button um the respective button on there yeah and um and it dawned on me that like that that could cause some problems because we don't usually do that. Like have a bunch of inbound input actions triggering off cues like that, and then have it's basically like when you have two linked sequences that are unrelated to each other, but have links in, that are in close succession. So like Q yeah. Q one and one point one and Q two and two point one. 1.1 and 2.1 are executing just by happenstance are executing in very, very close, um, temporally close to each other. And, uh, we have this mechanism <laughs> and spike mark known as current queue yeah. <laughs> deep in the bowels of spike mark. There's this idea cause there's a, 
astute readers will note that there's only one go button in a spike mark system. You and, don't say. <laughs> and Can so, I have two consulates for that? <laughs> <laughs> yep. The behavior is undefined. Um, yeah. And so if you have, so the idea is you have current queues. So when you load a queue, that becomes the current queue. And then when you uh, execute, you know, that's all, you're executing the current queue. So whatever queue is kind of on deck is considered to be the current queue. Um, and that's how we know, like, when you press the go button, what thing do you intend to have executed? Yeah, which one is going to go? Yeah. <laughs> and with links, uh, the way queue links used to work was that basically when a link, when its um, activation trigger tripped, it would shove its the queue it's going to run into current queue and then tell spike mark, hey, run current queue. Um, and that works great until you have like queue 1.1, <laughs> the link to 1.1 throws it into current queue. Yeah. And before it can actually execute, 2.1 is like, no, no, no. No, no, it's my turn. It's my <laughs> turn. <laughs> Daddy loves me more than you. <laughs> and, and, then, and then those queues just get ruined. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. I have some like, I have some terrible, terrible memories of me sitting in front of uh, MetLife Stadium working for stage machines trying to do some crazy hue links like this and right. like four years ago right and you and i <laughs> spent a lot of ago. time on the phone together like trying to craft uh, cues oh that would gosh, not yes. step on each other's toes like this yeah yeah and uh but there at least you could we still at least had a sequence right like we you, did yeah and this yeah. is just like you can't tell the judges like so after you see one chair go yeah you wait. can't press your button yeah just wait for a few <laughs> seconds and then press your button just, everybody's gonna keep pressing their buttons yeah just kind of like kind of gauge like when you see the last trigger kick off and then yeah uh, all this through an interpreter <laughs> yes, exactly <laughs> i don't think this translation is correct it's, something's not working <laughs> <laughs> so uh so i had that like panic attack one morning in the shower and i drove into the shop and like took two trigger buttons you know and hooked them up and <laughs> and played with it and it took about 14 seconds of oh, really Even that, i thought it was like seven <laughs> <laughs> screwing around with it before you're like yeah that totally killed that yep yeah that's yep. we are dead in the water broken people. yeah <laughs> this is not gonna work out well for us um so after some soul searching and uh, <laughs> contemplation of alternate careers, it's, it you know kind of uh, I'm being dramatic obviously, but they obviously the it became obvious that the uh, there was no reason for this whole concept of like current queue is required when you have an a go button because you you know there's only one go button and you don't know it's not attached to a specific queue it's just attached to whatever happened to be loaded last time. But in a Q-Link situation, there's no need for that because the Q-Link knows explicitly what Q it's intending to run. Um, and so and so we just rewrote somehow how the Q-Links uh, execute their Q-Stacks so that they don't go through the current Q mechanism anymore. So they, they live completely outside of the Go button mechanism now. Yeah, it makes it it makes it super. It makes it much more stable in running, especially when big big Q link shows. You yes. know, if you got FXs and uh, and other business happening. Although one 
one side effect on the operator side is that now if you have many, many queue links, you can actually not scroll. The queue list may not scroll correctly or may not appear to scroll correctly as you're looking at it. It is very true because we're yeah. using that current queue to kind of advance the scrolling. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good point. And that's – yeah. That is now on our list. I mean, it's like it's like so many things, right? It's like you, you know, you, you squeeze the bubble out of one area and it pops yeah. up somewhere else. This one, I think, is at least a smaller bubble, but it. Uh, yeah, and overall, overall, the the stability of the queue links and the running yeah. is far outweighs the the you know the necessity of having to use the scroll wheel on your mouse. Right. Um, in this particular at this moment, but yeah, but it was an unintended. I think I, I think I fielded. I fielded like a half a dozen phone calls and emails within within like a day and a half. Of oh yeah, Spike Mark three point seven point three coming out. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh great, everybody's teching a show this weekend. This is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the good news is, like you said, now like Q links that had previously been uh, unreliable at times, yeah. so that were all that their reliability hinged on like second or sub-second accuracy of the cue triggers taking um, are no longer much better yeah. yeah much much more reliable yeah. Um, yeah it's good it's and you know and the biggest is you know when you're running a m- massive link show that's where you see the like you actually see the effects in the in the cue grid and the cue list yeah um, but you know but like then you know, everyday use, you're just going to see the Q links are actually working a little bit more reliably now. <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. So after getting that sorted out, and we felt like we were in pretty good shape, we actually buttoned all the equipment up, and we sent it over to China, and 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 we packaged that really beautifully, like really, that, really nicely. Yeah, we everything was road cased, everything was racked. We sent the stuff, and Brian, our ops manager, found these found some road boxes that we've been jumping on these days and we've got work boxes and road cases and rack cases and there it left it left looking it left looking really great and equally importantly if not more so there was zero damage like it was packed so well that we had we didn't have a thing for that trans-pacific which journey it's awesome yeah, yeah like didn't have one one issue with uh, gear that had been banged around or anything. So and did you guys did excellent? I, I never I never asked. Did like the, inside the stagehands? Did you guys get the TSA inspection load tag <laughs> anywhere good, in there? That's a good question. I don't I don't know because uh, the all the all the gear had been opened up by the time I got there. Um, yeah, that's a good. <laughs> I don't know. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. I can't seem to fly anywhere without mine, without my suitcase getting a. Oh, my suitcase! My suitcase hey. certainly had it. Yeah. <laughs> and I also hey, we had to, inspected your stuff. Yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> and I also had to pack with me at least another <laughs> effects, I guess. Yeah, because we by the time between right, the time that you put in your check baggage. <laughs> yeah, I put in my check baggage because between the time that we shipped the gear to the time that I left on the plane, they added enough other stuff that they wanted to do that they needed another effect. So, right. And there were some, like we were talking about trying to, you were going to get some point, we were going to ship it to me in New York and I was going to go meet some guy on a corner at the end of a loadout or something. And isn't that true? Isn't it like somebody? That, was, that was for a showstopper. Experience. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Which we ended up 
working around instead on site. Working yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> like, oh God, no, I don't imagine this is going to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because this job had an, a, a ton of effects work in it because we had yeah. obviously the eight uh, motors, but then you had the judges' buttons all had to be input triggers. Then we had to have remote e stops for each. Um, what was it? So it was double thing. Like so group of axes, right? Correct, or something like that. That's correct. So each like chair, yeah. which was two axes, would get their own e stop that would just take them out, but then yeah. also send a signal back through an effects to deactivate the motor. To um, deactivate those stagehands. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Because otherwise, <laughs> they, because the way that the sequencing works, right? Like you're going to hit the button and maybe two judges are going to shoot down the ramps. And, uh, after the song is over, the other two judges are supposed to come down slowly to the end of their ramps, right? But depending on which judge is already down there, you're, those that sequence at the end always changes, which right. chairs are going <laughs> to gracefully slide down. So you could either like write the god-awful mess of, and have to keep track on the fly oh. as an operator about which queue you're going to run, right? which combination yeah that's which is not going to happen right like it's a no. bad idea um so <laughs> instead of what we do is we just write a queue that takes them all down at uh the the slow speed um but anybody who's already at the end of their track they have a handler in the audience that hits their e-stop button which kills their motors yeah. and then and also disabled. and also deactivates them out of spike yeah. mark um so that the so that you can run the all chairs down and it'll only run whatever ones are still yeah. left up at the yeah. top of their ramp. So, so, so there was that input and then they <laughs> wanted to have an input uh, on the podium where the singer was like the, the podium that the singer could then choose which judges they, which judge they wanted and they would do it by selecting a judge to send back. Um, and so, like, they would do kind of a reverse, I do not choose you. So, you know, hit a button and that judge retreats. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so there's a fair amount of, like, effects interplay there, too. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, anyway. Bunch of stuff. And then I went over to uh, went over to China, and to Hangzhou, and I was there for a couple weeks. Um, and... Uh, got there pretty much at the time when the at least all the machines were roughly in place, and then just uh, ripped apart all the wiring and the machines and rewired our uh, junction boxes and whips and whatnot onto the machines um, so that we could plug them into sh to stagehands instead. Um, and luckily that all went really smoothly. Oh, and the there were the winches. So one of the winches had the hoists for the LED screens actually had no encoders on it because previously they just run them as IO effects, um, <laughs> and so we put encoders on them and then right. so we could have speed control and stuff and positioning, um, and then the the track motors uh, for the winch tracks uh, had encoders but they were not the right encoders but luckily they uh, they were built with standard SEW encoders, spread shaft encoders. So we were able to just bring with us ES7C encoders and put them on the winches, uh, which worked out sweet. Yeah. That's a lot. 
was a lot going on. <laughs> it was a lot going on. It was a lot. It was they were, and of course, you're also like you know down in the hole, um, bent over these winches in the dark for after having just flown across you know halfway across the world. So it's as you know that feeling. It's uh, you're a little out of sorts at first. You're like this is all kind of hazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's going on what time is it what time is it <laughs> what are we eating do i have to eat the chicken feet yeah uh but it was great it was a great group of people um david stark from secret is a rock star kind of automation tech and his guys were really good and, and we all pitched in and, and got the whole thing up and running we had a couple more hiccups along the way um Luckily, we got them all sorted out, but it kind of it spurred a a bunch of um, a bunch of impromptu changes to Spike Mark uh, while I was there. There were a few like just kind of quality of life issues that we banged through. One was like yeah. a queue descriptions. Uh, yeah, they now go when you duplicate a queue, they go, and you can also have multi-line queue descriptions. Right, right, right. Yeah. And then the pallets also oh, the floating pallets. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now we can now so we used to uh, we used to be able to just have the stage model viewer as a floating pallet, but now we can the stage hand properties can float out on a second monitor as well as the on screen queue control. And right. so you know, if you've got two if you're looking at two monitors, you can have one queue grid which is just your main screen and see what's going on and your movements and your and your cues and then your second screen has all of your floating pallets. It's awesome. Yeah. It makes it much easier on the bigger shows when you want to really Ugh. chuck stuff off onto a second yeah. monitor. Yeah. Yeah, it's huge. It's, it makes it makes such a big it's a big difference on the user on the on the user interface. You know? Yeah. Um and then we did a uh we did a firmware patch on the stagehands to increase the debounce time on the limit switches because we were finding, and this has been <laughs> plagued us for a little while. Although this job was one of the ones where we were hitting it pretty consistently, where um, like if you have a, any any slightly loose limit wire um, and it gets sh- shook, uh, it'll dump the load in yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's always awesome when that happens <laughs> it is always awesome when that happens yeah it's pretty sucky yeah and we so those had... eight motors eight motors <laughs> yeah. right like like a freight train rolling down a <laughs> right all bolted to one structure right all running at super high speed yeah yeah and so one limit wire kind of jiggles around a little bit and it'll kill that Done. axis yeah yeah <laughs> um and so that increasing that uh, limit switch debounce time uh, really reduces spurious limit faults. We had another thing where we add another in, uh, an FX um, input action that can disable a specific FX output. Um, and this was, again, in response to this job where um, I mentioned that you, they would hit individual e-stop buttons to take out groups of motors attached to each chair. When those chairs, when the chair runs its queue, um, it also sends out a trigger to the lighting board um, to trigger some sort of light effect, as the, like to light up the track in front of the chair. Um, well, we didn't want that to happen if the chair was um, disabled. So, not only would you disable an axis, 
like you hit the button, it disables the motors, but then we also wanted to take out just that one effects output that was related to the uh, light trigger for that. Yeah, the light cube. Yeah, for that chair. Mm -hmm. So we couldn't take out the whole effects because that would kill the outputs that were on other chairs that might still need their lighting cube. Yeah. So got very granular on that stuff. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, then... We also made some. You also made some improvements to the, um, to the, let's see, to the fault, the fault and the Stagehand Pro stacking up, and then just like, you know, uh, the fault. Even if the Stagehand was faulted, if it disconnected from the network, it would still read yeah. as faulted. Yeah, yeah, we had yeah. some. Yeah, we had some. Some specific, yeah, we had a specific bug in there that depending on which way, how they stacked up, how those error yeah. faults stacked up, and at what point you lost network connectivity, then it would, the next time it uh, connected, it would still show that it was faulted, um, yeah. even if that <laughs> fault had cleared. Um, yeah. And so kind of an, you know, an oddball uh bug you know uh, definitely a bug though but yeah it was, it's one of those trial by fire things that you only really, really bump into if you happen to be yeah. like if you're in the weeds <laughs> if you're in the weeds right being chased by an alligator <laughs> if you happen to be experiencing multiple faults on a stage hand and losing network yeah. connectivity at the same time yeah. it doesn't get like, better when you try when you reconnect that no. uh, yeah. No. yeah 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 <laughs> And then also the uh, input actions have a debounce time, a programmable yeah. debounce time on them now. So that you can, like, if somebody's hitting a button to trigger an input action, you can say, then keep that Take button inactive. Yeah, yeah, ignore it for the next, you know, one or two seconds or as long as you want, really. Yeah. Um, but usually like a couple of seconds so that if they happen to, like, double tap that button or something, that it doesn't trigger the input action twice. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm just looking, you know, for for everybody at home here. I'm just looking at our at our list, our our release notes from Spike Mark. And so we had we had a we had a five six. So May sixth, May fifteenth, May nineteenth, May nineteenth. <laughs> yeah, May nineteenth was a good day. Yeah, two versions that day. I think it was the day I was in the shop actually, because you like you know there was like whatever shenanigans were happening in China, and you were back by then. I think yeah. that was true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think that's right. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I'm just reading these notes to myself. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. No, these were both done in the shop. Yeah, I was back from China, but I was just communicating with the team that was still over there in China and trying to help them out and get <laughs> yeah, get rid of uh, issues that were causing them pain. Yeah, and then, so we had two releases in one day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But my favorite release is actually in June. It has nothing to do with China. It's yeah. Fixed the, after we after we had several several people in a row uh, from the from the firmware update that went out on on May nineteenth for the stagehands on the pros specifically on twenty four, um, we started having pro cards just brick themselves when they would when they would try and get updated in Spike Mark. Right. And um, <laughs> and this all has to do when we were trying to figure out if a very old stagehand, right? When, when we'd right, we'd ask the stagehand, Spike Mark would be like, "Hey, what version are you?" And if it crashed, we'd be like, "Oh, hey, that's really old." That's, so we know which one on there. Yeah, because in like the albatross of like bad decisions from you know 2004, the 
the old stagehands, if they encountered a request they didn't understand, they didn't gracefully just reply like, hey, I don't understand that. They just like died. They stick their heads in the sand. They're like, I don't know. It's more like jumping off a bridge. They're like, I don't understand the question. Life is not worth living. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And, yeah. And so we, so we, in, in that update, whatever changed in there, uh, <laughs> it was just, we were just all of a sudden we were bricking it like three yeah. cars, like three people in a row. And then interestingly, and, right. It was like, and, but Brickham, it? so Brickham, yes. And definitely like if from an end user perspective, they're basically dead at that yeah. point, they could all be resurrected with a, like they just couldn't be, have their firmware reflashed over the network, yeah. over the network. Right. Yeah. And yeah, but that doesn't help when, no, doesn't help when you're like, <laughs> you're, like you're yeah. sitting under the deck being like, why is my stagehand broken? They're like, ah, well, <laughs> where can I FedEx something to you? <laughs> yes, totally. And who is it? It was, um, uh, at the, was it the old globe who learned, who found both of those? They called me or they called me with like right after we fixed it. So it was either the 24th or the 25th of June. Uh, like, like a week well, they and had a they bricked it, they bricked yeah. The stage and pro, and then as soon as we updated the firmware, uh, updated Spike Mark, they they updated Spike Mark as we suggested they should, and then they were like, "Hey, my stage ham won't connect." And we're like, "Well, <laughs> wait a minute. Does that mean what version? What version firmware are you running? Ten? <laughs> well, why are you doing that?" <laughs> yeah, they had a, they had. A, you know, they're, uh, yeah, they they had like the whole gamut. They had like some very, very early stage hands and some very, very recent stage hands. Yeah. And yeah, it was, yeah. And it had ex- tech support it, awesomeness. Yeah. It was, it was pretty, it was a pretty great moment to like, have, well, we screwed you on both sides. Sorry yeah. about that. Like, well, at least the other one isn't broken. Yes, you exactly. You, one, you yeah. can just update the firmware on the, the yeah. very old stage hands and it'll come back to life. But, and, you know, since the end of June, it has been somewhat shocking to me who answers the tech support phone calls. How many people out there still had version 10 running on some stagehands? I think we're at like a half a dozen people who called and were like, ah, the thing just doesn't work. I don't really understand. Yeah. What version stagehand is that? Oh. <laughs> and you, yes. yes. And you can see kind of the impetus from way back when, like when we decided to put firmware updates into spike mark because it just doesn't understandably it does not occur to people to bother to update the firmware in their stage Mm -hmm. hands which is understandable but unfortunately really subpar because the firmware updates are you know um some of them are pretty huge yeah Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, like december (laughs) right 2016 yeah (laughs) right persistent position is a huge thing and Yeah. yeah lots of Lots of uh, other bits and pieces along the way. So yeah, many other things in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whew. So yeah. in the end, China was all good. We had, it. It was a good bunch of. Uh, I mean, the nice thing about jobs like that, I think, is that it kind of pushes everything to the forefront of like, hey, this is a limitation we really got to get past, and hey, this is a limitation we really got to get past. And there's still many items on that list that we have that uh, we have yet to get through, but obviously it it inspired us to rapidly bang through quite a few of them uh, in the heat of it. So that was good. Yeah. It also kind of made, I mean, I don't know from my, my perspective too, it also kind of showcased how, you know, 
uh, how nimble we can be on getting new pieces, new bits, whether it's new products or, you know, identifying what those are, like, you know, a circuit board for some logic or spike mark updates and firmware updates and, you know, getting them out, um, mm-hmm. you know, because like, because it wasn't the, the e-stop for each of those, the e-stop was based off of the Showstopper 3, right? Yeah, they were all Showstopper 3 accessories, yeah. And, you know, so the fact that we were able to build that into the Showstopper system is pretty cool. Yeah. Have and that were, backbone there. Absolutely, yeah. And that, it's it, probably too esoteric to go into on a podcast, but the, <laughs> there was, there were aspects of that system that would have just been really painful to try and do without the Showstopper 3. Like the Showstopper yeah. 3 backbone made some of that stuff way easier. So it was yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, it's, go ahead. So you, so you were in mainland China and needed a visa. <laughs> I did need a visa. Yeah. And then just a couple of weeks ago, I went to Hong Kong. Right. Yeah, we're big in Asia. <laughs> we are totally big in Asia. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what were you doing in Hong Kong? Well, uh, <clears throat> the nice people at the uh, performing uh, Hong Kong Performing Arts Academy of Performing Arts bought a Spotline kit. Nice. Yeah, with the tensioner, uh, all that stuff. Yeah, so we, you know, we sent that all across the across the continent, across the ocean, and um, and then I went over there for a couple of days of training. Cool. With the uh, with the with the great folks from the Academy for Performing for Performing Arts, you know, between them and uh, and some of the some of the folks from uh, Stage Tech, uh, who was the who's the supplier who actually bought the equipment. Um, it was a, it was a great, I think it was a great path. And, uh, it seemed like that seemed like the session was good and we got through a whole lot. Um, you know, got through a whole lot, looked at, looked at all the, all the bits and pieces for stage hand, spike mark, um, spotline and the awesome tensioner, uh, which really has just kind of come around as a, as a new awesome accessory, even though it's been there for a long time. Yeah, but it is. I think it's. I think more people are getting a sense of how to use it, and I know we're using it more in anger these days. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say anger; it's like hatred. (laughs) (laughs) Just because we've got, as we try to stretch our rental inventory uh, more, right? That we've got, we've got a good collection of push stick deck winches, but ultimately, uh, we can do even more stuff on deck tracks if we have spot lines with spot line tensioners um, yeah. as well to kind of augment our push stick inventory. And then the spot line can obviously be used for hoisting when that's required, but then you throw on that little accessory and you got a deck winch. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It's really great. And, um, and it's real easy to use. And like, you know, it, um, I saw them sitting on the shelf, you know, 18 months ago when I started and I was like, well, what the hell are those? Right. So, you know, but now, uh, now we've used them. Now we've used them quite a bit. Yeah. So anyway, they're cool. Uh, but and I, you know, I got to go to Hong Kong and the, yeah, that was fun. That was uh, it was a short trip. It was I was there. I left here on a Friday and came back on Wednesday. Yeah, that's a quick <laughs> turnaround. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and I like left here Friday morning and got there Saturday night. Uh, yeah. So, Oof. Yeah. Coming back from mainland China, my. My return trip was like <laughs> 30 hours. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think I was back in it was like 20 it was like 20 
24 or 25 hours or something of total travel time for me. And yeah. I left on, you know, Wednesday morning and I got home Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> right. Yes, exactly. Well, God. It doesn't mess with you at all. Yeah. No, zero. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's sweet. Yeah, it was cool. It was, uh, it was pretty awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope, uh, I think, you know, I think it was a good, I think it was a good trip and I hope that, I hope everybody over there, you know, was excited about it and got out, got what they wanted out of the, out of the training. Nice. So let's push through to, let's get through one more topic and then we'll probably wrap it up. But the, (laughs) I don't know, my timer now only says three minutes. Thanks to to Skype. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Wi-Fi and Skype. I could go on. (laughs) (laughs) But it. Since we're trying to play a little catch up anyway, um, one of the next jobs that crept up on us this summer was uh, we we did a bunch of work for the good folks over at ESPN. Um, They had a – there's the new – what they're calling the Fantasy Show, which is a fantasy football show, um, which is kind of based on – or I shouldn't say based on. It's inspired by the Jim Cramer Mad Money Show. Um, And I'm not saying anything that they haven't publicly said already. Um, that they wanted to kind of emulate that feel, but do it for fantasy football. So to have a bunch of wacky gags and have a big button panel that the host, uh, Matthew Barry can, um, smash down on to, to make things happen. Um, it was, we got started with them in the spring, uh, spring with the pilot. Yeah. With the the upfront, right. It was, yeah, 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 exactly. And that, which was a lot of fun because it, it, at that point it was kind of still had a, a workshop feel. Like we just had a, um, a bunch of notes and inspirational, um, photos and stuff from their, uh, great design team and creative folks over there, um, of ideas that they wanted to, to play around with. But, and, yeah. and it was really fun. Cause I mean, the, none of these things are very, uh, they're not heavy duty, right? Like they're yeah. little prop gags. So we built like yeah, a, little Arduinos and servos, like little tiny servos. Yeah, yeah, and pneumatic cylinders, and we made a little ticker yeah. tape machine, uh, and we made a big mouth Billy Bass that we could program its <laughs> <laughs> its its movements on, and yeah. um, I don't know, just a lot of a lot of really fun. We made a <laughs> a uh, remote controllable. Uh, air cannon that shot footballs and yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was a ton of fun. I mean, I'm just I, mean, I was there in the studio. It was cool. We had a <laughs> yeah. good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it was really good. So we we got through the, the upfronts, making a whole bunch of oh, we made a Murphy bed, like a scaled down Murphy bed using a trick line and, and some ambition. Using a trick line. Yeah. yeah. And, and we did a kabuki. Oh yeah, right, we did a kabuki. kabuki in there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did a bunch of. Oh, great stuff and so we kind of got through that phase and then they developed some new gags that they wanted to have and cut some old gags and and then we came back and built the the second round for uh broadcast uh as well and i think it's another uh great example uh, of using spike mark in that kind of headless mode uh where you're not really running a q stack you're just using spike mark as like a giant easily easy to program central controller kind of like a plc would yeah. be used like you're just gonna program some sequences into it and like when this input happens make those outputs happen yeah make this go yeah yeah and we did a bunch of uh 
that also inspired a couple of new things like that we added the ability to do some simple modbus communication in spike mark um, because we need to when a button gets pressed we might want to fire an effect but then also we have to send a trigger to a video switcher um, somewhere else in the broadcast complex and those are are, on the the 50 acre (laughs) complex in connecticut (laughs) right exactly and that all is uh running modbus tcp so we have the ability to shoot those messages out now um and then of course their networking setup at the studio is quite a bit is serious it's serious (laughs) it's a lot more a lot more robust than one nine two one six eight ten. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so it was not going to hack it anymore. That we couldn't set the uh, subnet masks in particular was the thing that was tripping us up. We had to be able to set the subnet masks on the stagehands, which previously had all been hard coded at two five five two five five two five five zero. And now, if you long press on the um, long press on the knob. Uh, you will get into a mode where instead of setting the IP address, you can set the subnet mask in there. Yeah, uh, yeah, it looks eerily similar to the IP address, except it says subnet and two five five. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An important, you know, pro tip: it still won't run if you're stuck in that screen. Yes. So. Right. <laughs> Indeed. And then we also yeah. tweaked the effects firmware for that a little bit. We just added a, like how you've got the live update now on stagehand motor controllers. When you're jogging, you can see the encoder counts, right? Yeah. On the uh, stagehand effects is now with the new firmware, you can see the uh, input status uh, on the home screen of the uh of the device itself. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, so you can... Super helpful. Yeah. yeah, so if you're just testing on the bench, you can hit the inputs and see them come on on the screen. It's like a zero is the input is off and a one is the input is on. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's so, good. <laughs> yeah, and I think that was yeah. that was a lot of fun. I mean, it was, it was kind of out of our normal comfort zone, like building a lot of custom, small, automated devices, but... Uh, I think it was good to, to stretch a little bit. And it was also fun to like, just, I don't know, to play around with a bunch of Arduinos and little, little motors and, and pneumatics, which we almost never we use pneumatics. Rarely do. Yeah. 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 It's not yeah. usually our thing. It's like, if we do right any... up, right up there with hydraulics, <laughs> but like even less so, right? Like I, <laughs> like, I was going to say, if we ever do fluid power, it's always hydraulic, you know, and it's always yeah. like proportional flow control valves and, and string encoders. And this is just, yeah. you know, bang, bang. On off. Yeah. Yep. So yeah. that was pretty fun. Yeah. It was a good time. And I think everyone had fun, like seeing their, when when they want watch the uh the initial episodes and watch the like some of the TV interviews and stuff with it it was just fun for the yeah everyone in the shop to see their their There's work our stuff. yeah 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 <laughs> yeah yeah and we got we have what we have two practicals in there too that's an excellent point because for the for the upfronts <laughs> we used spotline hoists for yeah. Uh, to, to, yeah. <laughs> these huge hoists to basically drop in stuffed yeah. animals yeah, and dropping the stuff too. They were they were definitely uh, it was definitely um, easy to hide, not noisy. <laughs> yes, exactly. But for the upfronts, it made sense because we were just trying to get as much equipment yeah. as we could into the space cheaply. Yeah. And so we took it all from rental. But yeah, we uh, for the real one, we've got some spotline practicals yeah. in there. 
Um, yeah. Which are working sweet. Yeah. Yeah. It's really awesome. They're they're looking cool, and it's so it's it's fantastic to see them out in the world and you know doing what they doing what what we hoped they were going to do. And so, what's different about those Spotline practicals, right? Because well, they're, they're not exactly the uh, same ones we showed I off mean, at USATT. I mean, really, Gareth, what's the same? <laughs> I think we can start there. <laughs> uh, yeah, they, so you know, our our practical, the little our little Spotline practical is a fifteen pound. I guess the fifteen pounds is still the same. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it's a little, little fifteen pound winch that we got electricity going down the lift line. Fifteen it's pound capacity, right? Fifteen, 15 pound, pound capacity. Yeah. Sorry, fifteen pound capacity, and um, up to ten amps of uh, hundred and twenty volt down the lift down the line. Um, so, oh, you know the things that change, like the big things. Um, it's a it's smaller now, so now it's a eighteen by eighteen by twenty inch envelope. Nice. Uh, um, on the machine, which is cool. And that includes, that is the whole machine yeah. stage hand and everything. Right. Uh, um, and, uh, 120 volt input power, um, with those fancy, with the fancy, uh, power con true one connectors. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, but then through, <laughs> through the process after the, uh, after our, after our prototype, we ended up, we thought we were totally set on, um, on using a Lexium drive and uh, and a, and one of their motors, and it turns out that there was a back order problem, and so we had to go back. We had to swing back to our you know safe place of a Mitsubishi. So now we're they have a Mitsubishi servo in them, right? Which is still comically small for you know the rest <laughs> of the motors that we use, <clears throat> right? Um, but then through a whole bunch of digging, we also changed. Uh, the original, the original prototype design had a had a chain stage to drive the drum, and now we and we found um, Ed did a whole bunch of digging and found a found a gearbox company who had a servo gearbox, a right angle gearbox. Uh, it was an Atlanta Atlanta drives, right? Yeah, Atlanta drives. Yeah, yeah. And it bolts, you know, our little servo bolts right onto it, and it and so we tightened up the package that way. It was uh, it's cool and that's really really nice because that previously having that separate chain stage also meant that we had the basically the motor is running parallel to the output shaft the drum shaft yeah and that was uh i don't know taking up a lot of it was taking up a lot of space and it yeah Mm -hmm. and it was more fabrication and just kind of a more complex thing you have to have you know chain tensioners in there and just additional gunk yeah yeah now it's a right angle through board gearbox it looks like a little miniature spotline hoist yeah yeah except all encased except, yes <laughs> right, right internally it looks that way yeah from the outside it looks like a black box yeah, yeah. it kind of it kind of embarrassingly looks like a speaker you know like a speaker like, what's yeah. that up there yeah yeah what's that up there it's uh it's not a speaker it's a oh god <laughs> i'm not a sound guy <laughs> <laughs> but yeah that was actually and it, it's rattling off all those changes that was actually all pretty quick turnaround because we had to make that i mean a we you know we wanted to make all these changes after getting the prototype done and taking our notes and figuring out what things we wanted to tweak and make better but then we had a you know we had our first orders come in for the for the espn jobs and knew that we absolutely positively had to produce these things uh in to get them on air and uh, and that was like you said that really Backed us up uh, when Schneider came and said, 
yeah, we can't get those. We're not going to be able to get those motors to you in like five weeks or something. Like <laughs> this thing's going to be done. We're going to be out of there in five weeks. Like this, we've got to get these things faster than that. And yeah, Mitsubishi had everything in stock on yeah. the shelf. In stock in this country. In this country, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And we also had to push through the finals with the uh, with uh, engineering review and you know, right. So Come all on. of it stamped off and checked off and right. Yeah, we had to get the Just, final calculations package from McLaren. Yeah. yeah, yep. Yeah, it was a it was a push, man. That end was was a push. Yeah, absolutely. But, yeah, but, but I think it's a I think it's a cool little pro. Yeah, a cool little thing. It is it's a little, little cool little smart machine. No, they're really they're really sweet, and it's uh it's great to have them all in one and have them so compact and lightweight and and. Uh, all that stuff. Cause I think ultimately they're what? 70 pounds. I think it's like 76, 76 pounds. Yeah. So kind of like a sheet of plywood. Yeah, I think it's 76 pounds. Yeah. Sheet of plywood style weight, uh, which is, you know, not nothing for sure. But, uh, when you think of, you know, complete hoist and uh, yeah. all the control electronics and everything, it's a, yeah. it's a tight little package. So, yeah. Uh, complete hoist, dual brakes, you right, slack line detection, all the things that you need to actually to actually get a right <laughs> to get McLaren to say, yeah, 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 this is actually a hoist. Yeah, this this meets ANSI E16. Yeah, and E16. Then, yeah, yeah, and uh, and then of course it runs on Spike Mark too. So like it's all you know position controlled yeah. and can be and it can be incorporated with everything else, which is cool. So yeah, and what do we end up? We so it's a pylon. On, it's a pylon drum, but we're still we're somewhere in like the 48 inch a second max speed or something like that, right? Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's fast. It's fast. Yeah, it's yeah. Quick. Yeah. 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 And you only hit that speed, of course, at the, the outermost. Um, right. As your as your diesel. <laughs> yes. 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 But nonetheless, it's still it's 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 wicked quick. Yeah. Yeah. It is. It is very fast. So. Nice. Cool. Well, we should probably uh, call that a night, huh? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Before Skype boots me one more time. <laughs> exactly. <clears throat> exactly. But that's good. We got. Uh, it's good to get caught up on some of that stuff, and we're we almost got through our list of uh, important things from the summer. So we don't, you know, after <laughs> almost. Yeah. We got to save something for next month. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. After next month's episode, we'll come be back on track for like speaking about things that are happening happening in the now so that'll be good yeah all right man uh yeah 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 and thanks to everyone for listening if you like the show please rate on itunes and tell your friends uh and we will see you next time good night